welcome to the Unify Endurance Podcast 186, 187. You know, I nearly always say Run Strong Podcast. I do it as well. I think it in my head when you say Unify Endurance, I think, but really Run Strong. (laughs) Never let it die. Never let it die. We still use the hashtag. We use the hashtag still Run Strong, don't we? Uh, Not sure. Skinny's in charge of hashtags. Mm. Uh, I am still in my garden shed. You know, I just, I've just done my, my morning catch-up calls with some clients who are all over the UK. Quite a lot of them are corporate and they all have that blurred background. So corporate, you know, so you can't see what's behind them. And I was showing them the shed and they were like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Throwing off your office. Respect the shed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I've, I, where I've set up this podcast recording studio, I keep, if you hear a loud bang, it's because uh, my knees are in line with the washing machine door. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I keep clipping my knee. So if you hear me go, then it's because <laughs> I've hit my knee against the washing machine. That's why. Well, that's why. Where are um, you? Where am I? I? I am in downtown Girona, the medieval city of Girona. I'm not sure it's medieval anymore, but um, also right next door to a church. So every 15 minutes you hear. So the first 15 minutes is one song. Then on the half hour is two. Yeah. Then on the 45 minutes is three. And then on the hour, it bongs as many, t- as many hours as we are on in the day which sounds great, doesn't it? Like, oh, you know, you're in the, the essence of, of culture there. And, and I am. But um, when you want to go to sleep at eight, nine at night, it's really, really annoying. But they do have a bell ban from midnight till eight in the morning. So you, right. you can get eight hours of sleep. You just have to completely adjust your timing schedule from midnight to 8 a.m. <laughs> does it bong 12 times at midnight to let it's you know it's time to sleep? Yes. Oh, my God. So you can get off to sleep around like 11 ish because you're so tired. But then, um, yeah, you're definitely going to know it's midnight. But then you're like, ah, oh, now it's peaceful to late. Oh my God. So the peak of bonging, you'll have 11 bongs at 11 a.m., then one at 11.15, two at 11.30, three at 11.45, and then 12 bongs. So you've got 11 plus 12 plus one plus two plus three. Exactly. Chaos. And in the day, like, you don't notice it, right? It's like 30 bongs or something. <laughs> but the minute you're trying to settle down and like, you know, get off to sleep, you, you hear them all. And also here in Spain, no one eats dinner till like eight o'clock, the restaurant's open. So That's right. you just, you, you can't fight it. You have to get on board with the, with the Spanish way and, and you'll be all right. What are you doing in Girona? You cycling, running, holidaying? Um, trying to crack bars mainly. <laughs> they, <laughs> Day one, we did two and a half hours. Yesterday, we left the house at um, 20 past eight in the morning and we got back just after six. We went out for a, a 10 hour day. Um, we didn't ride for 10 hours, but we, we rode for about six and a half hours. Maybe it's nearly seven hours, uh, 150, 160Ks, a lot of climbing and, uh, and a big old day. So today, um, it's been requested that we have a recovery day. Recovery which, day. Um, which we're going to do. And then... We've got one more day of riding and then we go over to uh, the west west coast, a place called San Sebastian, where uh, try and upset some locals with some surfboards. And then we actually are coming back to here uh, towards the back end the next week, just because um, we love it here. Beautiful. Uh, have you planned have you planned those rides or is it, are you just going, is there things you want to take off? 
are you making it up as you go along? So, because we came last year, we've done a few rides uh, already. So, like the famous, famous ones. So, we've just done a like the first day we did one of the famous climbs, and we went into um, a beautiful village called Monels, which is a 10th century, um, well, village town. It's tiny, but it's unbelievable. Like it's, yeah, it's one of the. I think it is the most beautiful place I've ever been. Um, Obviously, all the restaurants were shut, so we couldn't do anything or eat anything <laughs> for a time like it's so bad. And then yesterday, his Girona became famous because Lance Armstrong uh, moved here in 2001. Mm. And uh, so it then became a cycling mecca. Um, and he moved here because it was easy to dope back in the day. Um, ah. France became, the, the French police became too, uh, too aware of what he was doing and he no longer felt um, safe doping there so they they moved to a little town called Girona and so yesterday we rode the Armstrong Loop which was apparently one of his favorite um, favorite rides that he would do 2,400 meters of climbing with uh, yeah 150 160 k's of of distance so uh, we decided that we'd we'd have a crack at that but obviously we're not doping so it's considerably <laughs> harder I can see why Lance don't now because you know he's like, <laughs> just to he get his to, training done. Yeah, it wasn't because yeah. he wanted to win; he's just to, to try and get the volume. <laughs> Idiot. Exactly. Yeah. So we're we're kind of taking it. We we have, do have a plan, um, but it's very variable. Mm. Yeah. I I've still got DOMS from a, a run that I did on Sunday. I. I decided to be a good idea to go to the local athletics club, forgetting in full that I am not under 18. I am not a sprinter and uh, I haven't done high-end speed work like sprint sprints for a very, very, very long time. So I'm still so sore. Um, it was 50s, 100s, 150s up the ladder and then back down the ladder. Ouch. And these kids destroyed me. Destroyed. You have to talk about like Pokemon and stuff. No, they don't talk because they're, you know, they're too woke and too in, in introverted so you you get your own lane and they set it up like you know like you're about to start a real racing goes go in your own time and i was on the outside lane so that required a little look back to see who's going to go first and there's this kid on my inside and every time he went i would go and he'd get me on the corner and then i'd get him on the straight and so we played oh, wow. this cat and mice game and inevitably i won and he threw up at the side of the track so so you made a kid throw up I made a kid throw up. He needs to learn, but I, I imagine he was able to train the rest of the week without pain, and I was in agony. <laughs> oh. Well, good to know you're not changing your ways, mate. No, sorry, right. I've, I've got a nice, a nice CrossFit classes with sprint. Yeah, I'm going back to my staple tomorrow. I've got a long 80 kilometer run to Nottingham. That's where I'm oh. going tomorrow. It's not as nice as Girona, but I'm sure I'll see nice. I'm going to run through Melton Mowbray where they make the pies. Feed station. Feed station. Smart, smart thinking. And I'm actually going to go when things are open because last time I tried to do a long run in the UK, I set off at three in the morning and nobody opens till 9.30, 10. So I was so dehydrated by the time the <laughs> shops were open. It wasn't yeah. well thought out. So we're we're in that. such a different universe when we're in Dubai. Like mm. everything's 24 seven and we do everything basically before 8am. Yeah. It's just the opposite in Europe. Yeah. And Sunday, you know, everything shuts at four. 
Like, well, yeah. where, where do they shut it for? And in France, well, you know what France is like. France, they take a nap from 12 till 2. Yeah. They're like Same opening hours on the door is like sometime between Monday and Sunday. We like, don't like we don't like making profit, so we're gonna shut like all day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're all like riding bikes. That's why <laughs> living a good life. So, mate, you're you're jumping into a few random workouts, which is absolutely in your nature. But we're going to talk a little bit today about structure, workouts. <laughs> <laughs> structure. And I think it's it's tricky because we, <clears throat> if you're doing sport, it's because you love it and you love to be able to jump into you know, things, um, and, and mainly have fun, right? Fun is one exactly. of our key, our yeah. key values uh, in a fight, but where, and it's something that actually you do probably live with on a daily basis. How do you talk to yourself? Let's go with that. When you're looking at something and going right fun versus purpose. I mean, the goal is to have them both align, right? Mm. But often we can get sucked into, Oh, that looks fun but it takes away from our purpose of the goal that we've set. So let's talk about you first, but maybe you can share some example of what you've seen in, um, in more of your like beginner runners for start to run and things, and then talk a little bit about your ultra ultra guides as well. Cause I think, although they're both very different ends of the spectrum, both can fall into the same traps. I think everyone can, to be honest, myself included. It's, do you know where I think it stems from or where we began to notice it more was during COVID during lockdown times, everyone was spending more time on social media. They were not in gyms. They were perhaps training themselves more than they would have done previously. And so you scroll through Instagram and every second person was posting a workout. And so, oh, that looks good. That looks good. Mm -hmm. I'll try that. And so everyone was just, there was no real structure to people's training. And I suppose when you come back to running or a lot of new runners that you see that maybe don't, follow a plan or they're self-trained you tend to find that their runs are far too hard they're going out and they'll do maybe a park run um at the weekend and all their other runs are short but quite high intensity they're non-conversational and because they maybe only have this window of time that they want to train or they have to train yeah and they want to feel like they've had a really good session and so to you know, they feel like if I feel shattered, if I'm sweating, if I can't talk, then I've had a good session. So they're missing, if you like, that low end aerobic base work where they get a lot more bang for their buck to then carry through into the shorter, faster stuff later on, which maybe they're not realizing. It's just taking them longer to get there. So lots of the new runners that we tend to see don't have any concept of easy running as we would understand easy running. Yeah. Yeah. Or easy training, let's say. And often because they maybe don't understand the purpose behind it, but also mm. if you don't know when your next run is coming because you're not scheduled it in, you are going to obviously go more towards having fun with it, right? Because you don't yeah. know, you, you're, A, you don't know the purpose of how to set your runs out and B, you're not sure when you're going to run again next. Yeah, if you, don't have it, if you don't have it dialed in or you don't have somebody programming it for you, yeah. If you maybe know, I'm, I'm only going to run three times this week. One of them's at the weekend. I've got another two runs. What should I do? Maybe you do the same loop. You go out and you just try and run it as quick as possible. Mm. So then how do you, um, how do I put this? If you look at a run and you think, hmm, that's boring. How do you 
either do you change it or do you think what what's your mindset around it because i'm sure that's come up for you like yeah there's okay easy you're probably not excited for that are you uh it depends there's quite a few ways to get around this i think so i mean if <laughs> i don't listen to music so that's the first thing and i actually i thought about this the other day and people i think there's a lot of value in being bored when you're running we don't often we're not often bored anymore we have our phones at our fingertips if we want a little dopamine hit we can get it in seconds whereas when you're growing up i remember being bored all the time <laughs> you know that you had four channels on tv if nothing was on that you wanted to watch you didn't have a, a tape or a dvd which you probably didn't that you hadn't seen 12 times what did you do you sat you read you you made fun out of something so people have lost that connection of boredom so i think on those long like that 10k easy i know i'm probably not gonna have that high dopamine hit but i know i'm gonna be bored and then from being bored something's gonna come of that it, it might be an idea, it might be some thought, it might be some reflection. Um, when I was on my easy run the other day, I wrote my kit list that I'm going to need for Greece in my head. So I thought, mm. started from top to bottom, head to toe, from start to finish. I went through all the different scenarios of things that might crop up and what I might need to pack and came down, or I came home, got my notepad out and wrote down what I was thinking. Mm. So if I was listening to music or if I wasn't bored, there or if i was running too hard then i would have been distracted and i wouldn't have been able to have that time to think i think lots of people are missing that they get yeah. dis or they want the distraction um so i think tying in the purpose of what the run is for but then also giving it a focus that i want to aim to be bored because that's where my best thinking comes in i think helps with those long boring inverted comma runs yeah. So you, you actually plan in your boring runs to your schedule? Pretty much, yeah. Mm. And do you think it comes to a, an alignment of expectation as well then? Is if we take on a running program expecting every run to be fun, you're going to be disappointed? Yes. <laughs> well, that's really, I think that could be interesting for listeners to hear because they probably maybe haven't thought of it of, right, you know, I'm going to start this running program. Don't mean hits because you've started something new. Mm. But then, you know, second week in and you've got 40 minutes easy to help help your recovery or to, you know, do low-end aerobic work. And uh, it's way more fun to go and do six by 800 or something. Yeah, well, it's, it's very goal-dependent as well, isn't it? It's if, if you know you're, if you're running a long-distance race, an ultramarathon, a marathon, a half marathon, you know you're going to have to build up that aerobic base. There is going to be huge or a huge amount of time where you have to just run slow and steady and it's conversational it's not necessarily exciting you'll probably run the same route over and over and over again because you know it's safe you know you can run you know where the water stops are mm -hmm. and so how do you you have to get them done if you want to do well so how do you make that work to your advantage do you listen to music do you plan your schedule do you become bored i how do you fit it in? Hmm. I mean, how did you do like long rides for Ironman? Because they're even longer, right? Six hour block sometimes. And then yeah. a long run. And you don't listen to music at all when you run either, do you? Do you listen to podcasts? Not when I run, no. Um, sometimes if it's a treadmill, 
um i will i'll listen to to either music or podcast but yeah i think long rides i think similar to like you say mate if you need to have a purpose i say the, the one actually that's hardest for me is swimming because um it's i can get bored in a pool almost straight away uh because it's kind of i'm not great at it either so to uh, you either have to be really engaged with what you're doing, like around stroke focus or like a, a drill session, or um, you want it to be quite hard and challenging you. If it's like an aerobic, let's say it's like six by 400, easy pace. Sometimes I'm like, oh man, I'm not looking forward to that. So I have to try and uh, go back to, again, what we talked about, fun and purpose and and remember sort of why I'm doing it and what's the purpose of it. And if I actually can't find out the, the purpose of doing it or the, the why behind it, I'll change the workout. Um, and I think that's similar with, probably similar with people on their, their easy runs or their long rides is if, you, if you're not sure why you're doing it and there's no purpose to it, then that's a bit of a sign that you're probably going to get bored with it if it's easy or if it's a harder workout, you're probably going to go too hard and not do yourself a favor um, intensity-wise. So... Yeah, I think, you know, for example, in the pool, like, okay, Monday, Tuesday is technique work. And that's because I've got a hard swim on Thursday. So I need to get my technique feeling good, ready to swim harder. And that's where the fun's going to come. Or even, you know, I'm going to do four weeks of technical work because I know that week five, six, seven is really hard or I'm going to improve my fitness then. So sort of got to, they call it like paying the man now in order to reap the rewards later. And it's the same with the running and it's the same with the biking is, you know, if you're not doing your easy running at the start of the program when you haven't run for a while and you're not giving your body or your joints and your muscles and um, your, your aerobic system time to adjust to, to get ready for the harder work to come, then when you do get down to the fun stuff or, or the most fun, right, which is probably the race for people, then your body's not going to respond how you wanted it to. So you have to look longer look into the long game and understand the purpose behind what you're doing. Um, and to answer your original question with the long rides, it's exactly the same as that is if I'm doing a six hour ride, it's because I know that that six hour ride is what my body requires in order to get the stress needed to perform its best. You know, let's say during an Ironman. Now, now I'm training for Xterra at the end of September and I do not need six hour rides and it's amazing. Because I don't, like if you told me to go ride for six hours an hour around Alcudra, I'd say absolutely no thank you. Um, <laughs> I have no reason to do it. But when, it, when I have a, an Ironman entered, it's not even a, a thought on my mind. I'll, I'll just go and, and get it done. And if I'm questioning it, it's probably because it's not the right ride for me or it's not got the big enough purpose for yeah. it. Yesterday, or it just doesn't, it, or it doesn't align. Yeah, it doesn't align with, with what I'm doing. But like yesterday, you ride six and a half hours. I'm not bored once because maybe the terrain's different but i've ridden ridden here before but it's because we said you know we're going to go and ride this this armstrong loop and we want to we want to ride the loop we want to say that we've done it we've we want to do the climbs you know some iconic climbs in it and we said that we're going to come here and ride our bike so it has a meaning to it if you ask me to go and ride it again today i'd be like "Mm, no don't really want to did it yesterday what's you know what's my purpose of riding it today so i think if people can think a bit more around that with their workouts and actually be mindful of what they're doing and why 
they might stop seeking that constant variety of of doing something different every day you know the instagram scrolling and finding you know one week you're doing 1k repeats the next week you're doing 200s the following week you're trying to pb your 5k like none of that has a great amount of purpose to it but that is where the trap people get caught into Mm. because they see what other people are doing and they don't truly understand what they're doing and why it's interesting i uh so when i I was i went to did my track session last night and i met one of the coaches of the local club and he said on saturday we have our if you like our cross-country tempo session and we we aim for about 30 minutes block of effort you do the warm-up and you do the cool down so i think the session is um six by five minutes tempo one minute recovery um so he invited me down and i was like oh shit that doesn't really work with my plan but what i'll do i'll go in and i'll adjust my intensity across the remainder of the week to be able to get that session in and go and join and meet some people and network and whatnot Hmm. Whereas other people might go, yes, brilliant, and just put that session into their plan without adjusting the necessary intensities of all their other sessions. And that's, I see that quite a lot. So people will, you'll have a plan for someone and then randomly they'll go and jump into somebody else's session where the intensity is too high and they don't then dial back intensity elsewhere. So their week is skewed in completely the wrong direction from what the purpose was that you wanted to give them. So I think, like you said, it comes back to that understanding of what are you training for? What do you need? And it's maybe it is okay to jump into these random sessions, but you have to adjust the rest of the week to account for that. Yeah. It's also more than okay to be training randomly, but you can't have then an expectation of, um, you know, uniform performance. So random training will produce random results. Mm. That's absolute fact um and it's funny you're looking like the sport of crossfit a lot of those guys are training to what feels good and then they can't quite understand why it won't come you know they don't uh get the results that they want on the competition floor and most of the time i see it is because they've they're training way too hard all the time Um, and it becomes so much harder to predict performance then because you know even some of the best in the world they're getting their workouts like one day before or even mm. the morning of. Um, and then I think the, the performance game sort of changed in that world when coaches actually started putting out like macro plans and actually understanding what they're doing and when and, and have um, more routine to their weeks. And the best coaches will have the whole, the whole season plan in place and understand when they're, where they're building, where they're maintaining, where they're improving and be able to share that with the athlete as well. Because probably something like, you know, in the sport of CrossFit where they've got into that sport because they love the variety and the fun and all the different types of workout that there is, that kind of athlete will be really susceptible to going constantly towards fun or too hard or, you know, basically randomness. And then, then getting disappointed when they come, when it comes to competition day and they've, they've not been able to perform as well as they um, could have or hoped for. The, I see the similar thing coming across within, within running i think cyclists have a bit more of a, like a monotonous side to them they they can actually plan i think cyclists might need to have more fun yeah, i was just thinking that like the yeah. amount of people i i don't see it's very rare that you see people doing 
hard efforts at Alcudra or at the cycling mm. track. Maybe they keep that for turbos and stuff. And maybe the the weekend ride is like a nice social aerobic base building ride. But there are, I think a lot more people could benefit from pushing hard on their bike. Yeah. Like worry a little bit less about your sock length and <laughs> like give yourself some, some hammer time intervals every now and then. But yeah, there's something, I'm not sure what it is with cycling. I think cycling is known for just being get out and ride and you'll improve. So there's less worry about structure to it, but and that but then the other issue with cycling is people who are training with power constantly trying to PB their power on every ride as well. So there's, there's so many few more variables I think within cycling, but and I learned this a few years ago. One of the best things as a as a triathlete or someone who rides their road bike a lot to do is go and go and try and do mountain biking because hmm. you're not looking at any of your numbers then. You're just worrying about staying upright. And you've obviously know mountain biking now as well that must be quite nice for you from like a runner standpoint, who's constantly looking at distance time to go, you know, how far have I got left? Blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly you put on a mountain bike and you, you immediately become more present because you're not yeah. thinking about what's coming. It's, I remember I've talked about this, I think on the podcast before I, when I go windsurfing, I don't think at all about running and mountain biking is exactly the same. Um, it's almost like an escape or a release. Cause when I used to run, it used to be my way of, like unwinding and de-stressing. But now when I run, I'm always thinking about my athletes and their runs and sessions and uh, did they perform? Did I have a good conversation with them? So my brain is always active when I'm running. So now to escape mountain biking does that for me. Cause I, it, like you say, I often, I fall off a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's well, when I'm paying attention. So if I don't pay attention, I'd fall off even more. Yeah. Um, and you can't fall off in the Middle East because it's hard floor. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you come off there, you're definitely going to get some form of um, bruise, scratch, cut. Hopefully not broken bone, but very easy to. It's not like falling off in the sand or in the mud. I've, I have a question for you about training and I want your thoughts on this. So let's say uh, I'm a runner. I'm quite well trained and I, I want to forego the classic easy run. So I, instead of doing just a, a single, a single easy run, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do more high intensity, but I'm going to spread it out more evenly throughout the week. I'm still going to have, if you like an 80, 20 split. So 80% is going to be aerobic, 20% is going to be the higher intensity stuff, but I'm going to build that aerobic, that aerobic base, if you like, throughout all my high intensity workouts. So I might do like a speed session, but I do 2K easy at the start. And I might do a tempo session, but I have easy recovery intervals, easy start, easy finish. So I don't have necessarily a specific easy run per se, good or bad. Mm. I think there's no good or bad there. It's what your body is able to handle. Mm. Um the, the reason I think a lot of people forget sometimes the reason why aerobic training is, is so let's not say important, but used so commonly within endurance sport is because number one, that's most specific to the, to the sport you want to do. So if you're always, if you're running anything above a 1500 meters, let's say on the track, you're, you're using your aerobic system, like even a three K I know it's horrendous and you're going to use a mix of anaerobic and, anaerobic but the majority is your aerobic system the the best way to build your aerobic system is to do consistent training over time um and the reason why you know zone two if you like or your uh your 80 20 rule works is because you can go and run 
zone two today and you can go and run zone two tomorrow and you can go run zone two the day after and the day after that and the day after that and maybe on the sixth day your body depending on your training or your background and history your, your body might complain a bit but if you consistently keep your training below your threshold your let's say lactate threshold or below like zone zone four down you know ideally zone two even zone three for some people is a little bit harder um, depending on how trained you are, then you will consistently get more training in over a longer period of time. If you are doing more intensity in your week, then you have to be able to recover from that intensity. So that will work if you are able to sleep a bit more, if your fueling is good, if you're you know, able to relax and rest. But as we know, and most listeners listening to this, that's not the case. So the 80-20 rule which means let's say you, have, you do 10 sessions in a week or let's say 10 sessions over two weeks and two of those sessions are hard and eight of them are easier. That works because you will be able to recover from those two hard sessions and you'll be able to train more because you've got eight of those easier sessions in. Now, if we take that rule and say, you know, 60, 40 and four of those sessions become hard, then suddenly your demand on your body has doubled <clears throat> and so have you doubled up your recovery techniques have you given yourself the extra hour of sleep have you you know do you understand what you've done it from a fueling standpoint to your body and, and oftentimes in the in the everyday runner it's it's a no yeah so yeah what you the other way there sorry works. i was gonna say go on and the other way to look at i i generally don't look at it session by session because you know even when we do our if you look at our track okay. sessions, the amount of time that people would spend in that high end zone okay. is, I wouldn't necessarily say my Tuesday is my hundred percent high intensity day. Cause a lot of that, they might still spend in lower heart rate zones. So if you think if you're going by 80, 20 in a one hour session, you're probably only looking what's that 12 minutes of your higher intensity stuff to get that 20%. So if you're running four sessions a week, which are an hour a week, then you're only max in that four hours, you're looking at 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. But the other way you can look at it is your speed, your speed, mm, zone, speed. right? So obviously heart rate is, is, uh, can have a bit of a lag and also is affected by other things. So, and, and power as well, running power, you could look at it for, so, you know, at the end of a session, if you spent those 12 minutes in your zone five power, let's say running power or your hardest speed zones, um, you know, that's a lot of intensity on the body. Mm. Um, as well so you have to try and look at your data a bit more objectively as well to understand what you're really doing um, but the the original answer to your question of, of spreading in that intensity into your week and running easy around it that will work really well for for someone and it would go really horribly for someone else it just depends on what your background is but also what you're able to how much you're able to recover from the intensity that you're giving yourself if and it might not be, you might get through one week of it and go, oh, I can do this. But it might be week four, week five, where the, where the body starts to, to not handle it very well, where we see injuries, illness, sickness. So the other side to it is if you are training with quite a lot of intensity in your week, you have to look ahead and be able to give yourself the recovery time needed as well. Whereas if you're training more aerobically, um, you, you need less recovery. So you don't need to take as many recovery weeks um, but some people love having recovery weeks, right? Some people love training hard for three weeks and having one week off. 
others if they're using running as their sort of crutch if you like or triathlon or whatever it is they like to train because it keeps their life ticking along then you want to make sure that you're being very careful where you put your intensity because you're not willing to take the, the greater recovery time um, in order to to recover from it and that that is where a coach is is really invaluable looking at the data to help you but it also comes back to what we talked about at the start is understanding your purpose behind what you're actually doing are you training because your life that it holds your life together or are you training because you're you want to perform at a race that's a really hard question to answer and there's probably a mix of both but you have to be honest with yourself with it because if you're training for life to keep ticking on then you have your your program should reflect that and you should make sure that at the end of the week you're better at life through your training rather than being hooked on the couch like a potato um, because you've gone too hard in your week. Yeah. Whereas if you're training towards a race that's really important to you and that week you was requiring you to go really hard and you then are cooked on the couch like a potato, well then job done. You've, you've done what you needed. You've created the stimulus. Now you've got to recover from it. But I think a lot of time people sit in a conflicted place because they're not actually sure. The, the race is there, but that's not their real purpose for doing training. Yeah, there is almost like the cherry on the cake and they want to... The training is the reason for the training they want to be they want that purpose i just funny what you said there it made me just think there's quite a lot of scenarios where um there's people perhaps they they've just become parents or they've moved jobs and they're in this really high stress environment that they haven't quite got to grips on it's maybe not consistent throughout the week so they'll have super stressful days low sleep and they'll quite often these people when they do get time to train, they think I maybe only have 40 minutes to train. I'm going to go do something hard. I'm going to smash myself for that dopamine hit, if you like, Mm -hmm. but really it's completely counterintuitive to what they should be doing based on their stress levels and their recovery levels and everything else they've got going on then in their life. But you see it more and more often. They maybe three times a week, they go out, they'll have like a really hard sustained effort or they'll do really hard 60 seconds on 60 seconds off. And then something else like a CrossFit class and you're just going, oh God, no, please. <laughs> if you're not, <laughs> just go easy, go yeah. super easy and you'll keep, if you like that level of not everything, but you'll keep a good level of fitness. Try not to injure yourself. Yeah. yeah. Bury yourself in a hole. And, you know, often, even if it's for, for health perspective, a, a 15 minute or a, or a very easy sustained 15 minute run that is enough to boost health mm. so try not to kid yourself either saying that i do it to keep you know I do, i'm doing hard workouts to keep fit and healthy is like there's there's other ways of doing it and it can be as little as 15 minutes as well so yeah yeah the, it comes back to knowing knowing your purpose around it and answering a few of those hard questions and i think when you do know that it, it all becomes more fun because you're working towards something. We all love working towards an end goal, which gives us, you know, that's fun for us for some reason, for our brains <laughs> as, the, as a human. Um, so I think when we go looking for fun workouts, have to understand why, why we've gone looking for it. As you just said, mate, is it a dopamine hit? Is it because we're bored? Is it because we don't know, we don't know the direction to go in? Um, and, and also you've got to be aware that the industry also loves selling fun, fun workouts because they know, they know exactly what we're talking about. They know that in, in people as well. They know that people are looking for, you know, what's the next, what's the next big hit I can get. 
um, you know, ah, oh, so-and-so did this workout. Like you'll, you'll see like our oh, Olympian, blah, 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 you know, his favorite track workout. And it's like, if he actually said what he did most times on the track, he'd probably send most people to sleep. So he's like, oh, I'll come up with my worst, you know, my favorite session that we used to do maybe four times a year, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone thinks, oh, I used to do it every week. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask you now what your favorite, what is your favorite running? Actually, we'll go, we'll, we'll skip swimming. Nobody likes swimming anyway. What is your favorite <laughs> running workout? We're going completely against what we just said we should do, but everyone's going to yeah. go and try these. But what well, is your favorite? Depends. Mm. It completely depends. So it depends what I'm training for. If, like, I love long runs, like in, in the right environment. And when my legs are, are really cooked, if I've had a really good two weeks of training and I have a long run at the end of it, like and you hit and you see those kilometers tick past 30 up to like 35 and you're running at a nice tempo pace that you know is challenging you but you're able to do it that to me is really fun yeah but and i like having not a lot of people around me maybe one or two runners with me so yeah i'd probably say like a long tempo run with two other humans <laughs> good answer <laughs> No, people are going to go out. You're going to see people in groups of three out running around now. <laughs> Absolutely smoked at 35K. Tom said I should do this. Yeah, but, it, but if I've gone too hard at, and at 25K I'm blowing up, it's not fun. Mm. No, it's completely opposite. It's so, the opposite yeah. end of the spectrum. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking, is there, is there a, type of, a type of session that I really, really enjoy and I look forward to every time I have it? And I think... Aside from running outside in the trails and anywhere in the UK, because it's so visually stimulating, I love all of that. But I think I like sort of a high power into tempo block. Mm. So you're maybe like a 60 on, 60 off into 15, 20 minutes of long tempo effort. So you cook your legs a little bit, but not too much on the intervals. And then that sustained block if you get that and it feels good, then you're just having the best day of your life. Again, if, if, if it feels good. If, and then this is the issue, right? If you don't have good time on the intervals, then that tempo is, it just, it's, you never want to do it ever again. Yeah. They keep yeah. sucking you back. I think the most fun I've ever had, if, we, if, it's, if we're thinking of that, is when, um, when we go to Kenya in a 10 and they do their fart leg. Um, that is just insane because you're at altitude, your lungs are absolutely burning. So you, you remove your own expectation of performance because you know that you're, you're not going to be anywhere near the front. Maybe skinny is there for like half the session. Um, but you get to watch people around you work. Maybe that's what it is that they're working towards a purpose. Mm. And yeah. So that, that's also an element of fun for me. And it's like, what's a fun environment to be in? not necessarily what the workout is it's the workout can be whatever it wanted to be on that day but it's the fact that you've got 50 60 people there and they're, and they're all going to try and do the same workout all at varying abilities but you almost and it's not shared <clears throat> suffering i don't think that's what it is not like a track tuesday where you know everyone's going to get absolutely you know cooked on it but it's the fact that you're maybe it's like the, the inspiring part of it like a, a workout that's inspiring is fun yeah 
and I suppose with that sort of session, it's it's an interesting one because it's it's almost like our it's like our track Tuesday in the sense that everyone has got their own individual race and their own individual goal and their own individual backstory, but they're all out doing the same session together with different yeah. different intentions. Yeah, that's a good part. Well, yeah, different intentions. Yeah. Good. So we've done exactly what we said we weren't going to do and give out <laughs> our favourites. Uh, um, uh, 10, 10 by 100 max effort is my... <laughs> not so fun. But you, that's interesting as well. Like you could have an, an easy, uh, easy run in your diary, but let's say it's an easy run when we're out at whatever or we're camping somewhere. Mm. Then that's really fun. Yeah, it can, I think ultimately you to know what you're training for, where you are in your training block. And if you don't know, you need to learn or ask <laughs> and then yeah. figure out if there's a session that you want to do, that you want to swap something in or swap something out because maybe you don't, you're not going to enjoy it or you want to run with other people, then plan it accordingly and then just adjust as necessary. Great set of advice there, mate. How to make your workout fun. How to make your workout fun. I tell you who does this all the time, Arij. I'm name dropping. Yeah, she'll message me and go, hi, Rob, I have this coming up. Maybe, or I want to run with this person, X, Y, and Z. They have this session. Can I do it? What do I need to swap? Or what do I need to adjust? Fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I want to say. Yes, of course, we can do that. Here's what we're going to change. That's a really good skill to have as a coach as well. And it's something I used to struggle with a lot is being able to adapt to what, to be able to understand that the, for the client, fun is social. Fun is, you know, being able to share their time with others. Um, it's not just about because they've entered a marathon and know you need to do this marathon interval. And I think when you understand the performance gain that fun can bring you, then as a coach, you actually, you go and seek to deliver fun. So like, I'll ask athletes, you know, what you've got a long ride to do in your mind. How would that be fun? Mm. Do, you want to, do you want to start with the group? Do you want to finish with the group? Do you want to be completely on your own? Like you tell me what you think is going to make you enjoy it more. And, I, and I'll do my best to hit the parameters of what we need to get from the workout. Yeah. And ultimately it's, you might think actually this is not optimal towards their goal, but in reality, if they don't change or they don't adjust or they don't do a slightly different session, maybe from what's in there, they would not do the session completely. So in adjusting and adapting, they're remaining more consistent in the long term, which is going to give them greater benefit. Yeah. That's the gold. And we can't, we can't use that bit in the podcast because Boz just walked past and her entire ass just covered in the, the screen. <laughs> Dimitri, put it in. Find a way around it, Dimitri. <laughs> Excellent. Good. Bye, mate. What, what's your fun workout today? Uh, today I'm resting because tomorrow I've got my ATK. So actually today is food prep. Food prep. I've got to make myself some flapjacks to take on my run. Which I know you'll do with a smile on your face. Obviously. Obviously. Good. Right. Well, I think we're, um, we're going to ride up to a lake called Banyoles with uh oh. with our speedos and then do some backflips in amazing right home yeah what's that uh what's that diving thing called where they sort of all they go face for dods or something Do uh death diving 
I'll send you. I'll send you a link. You'll definitely have seen it. I want to see okay. your best death dive. Right. Yeah. I don't fancy that if it's face first, but we'll see. I can do a decent right. bomb. Good. <laughs> Good. Done. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We will, of course, be back next week. We have, you guys might remember from show 136 and 135, Steph Davis with, uh, she talked to us all about tendons. Well, next week she comes back on to share her story around. <laughs> so she's a specialist in Achilles injuries. She actually went and injured her own Achilles and then lived through the injury nightmare that is an Achilles injury. Um, but amazing, she said, she emailed and said she'd love to talk about it because she has, well, she's, she's become better, a better physio for it. Amazing. Um, by going through the, the injury process of an Achilles injury. So we get Steph on next week to talk about that. Perfect. Looking forward to it. All right. Go and uh, death dive into some flapjacks, mate. <laughs> Enjoy the ride. Yeah, thanks for listening.